Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Luke Hatfield, we're here with an extra special bonus episode of the Baggies broadcast. Um, I am joined by two men today, two men who have been working their fingers to the bone and I'm sure they're going to be continuing to do so over the next couple of days at least. Uh, Matt Wilson, our regular Albion correspondent. Matt, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, looking forward to uh, what the next few days have got in store. And of course, our Aston Villa correspondent who is treading the lines in, into Albion podcast territory, uh, Matt Mayer. Matt, how are you? I'm very good, Luke. It's good to be back on an official Express and Star podcast after two years of being disgracefully blacklisted. It's but, been a while uh, for you, hasn't it? It has been a while. That's know. what happens if you cover Villa. So, um, <laughs> you know, there's been you know a lot of consultations and with my legal team and whether I was going to appear on this, but... Uh, was the fee ultimately, adequate? Ultimately, you know, we've uh, reached an agreement. You know, <laughs> there are certain limitations on questions you can ask, which uh, I haven't you know, been briefed we on. We, we won't be, you know, let the, the readers, the readers, the listeners, you know. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I got blacklisted. <laughs> um, uh, know about so uh, yeah. Nervous yet, guys? No. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> no. No nerves no. amongst the expressions no, are reporters. You know, I, I don't want to uh, sound boring, but I mean, this is kind of, this is the job. You know, it, it's a, don't give me, I'm, I'm not going to try and undersell this game. I don't think anyone should try and undersell it. It's one of the greatest rivalries in English football. Um, they've played, these clubs have played so many prestigious games against each other. They've got so much shared history. You could argue that there has never been a game more important than this one. Mm. Um, but ultimately, you know, from from our point of view, or certainly mine, th th there's a job to be done. So you do kind of just focus, focus on that. So there is excitement. Mm. Um, I'm not particularly nervous, but but I am. You know, I'm excited for this this game. I think it's going to be an absolutely belting tie. Well, if you can't get up for these two games, then I don't see why you would be interested in football. Or mm. Why would you support Albion or Villa? Um, you know, if you if you take, I know some fans will be nervous, yeah, particularly probably on the Albion side. But if you take away all that, then this is this is this sort of drama and this sort of intrigue is exactly why we watch football, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the, the not only have you got the two biggest games in probably the last three or four years for either club against their local rivals, but you've, the amount of subplot you've got coursing through these fixtures is. It's amazing. I mean, you know, had things been different, Dean Smith could have been in the other dugout. You've got Sam Johnson could have been playing for the other team. Um, you've got Tyro Mings. Tyro Mings. Courtney Hawes could have been could have almost went to Albion in January. You've got um, there's so much subplot um, and so much intrigue, and that is on top of the um, what's at stake for mm -hmm. the, in these two games because you've got. Um, you know, uncertainty clouding the future of Albion's financial health, although it's probably not desperate um, in terms of the next couple of seasons. You've got, you know, uncertainty clouding the ownership. Things are slightly different over at Villa um, because they've been through that mill last summer. Yeah. Um, but they still could probably do with getting promoted this season. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I think the one thing you would say from Villa's point of view is that they have seen the biggest crisis... They are hopefully, hopefully ever going to see. I mean, last last summer really was, you know, the biggest, the the big the biggest crisis in the club's history. They they were 
days, hours from, from going into administration. They got lucky. They got they got very lucky. They, they bet the house last season on going up uh, under Tony Jar. They haven't done that this time around. But I don't think anybody should be under under the illusion that um, you know it wouldn't be a painful summer if, if Villa don't go up. You know they'd have a lot of difficult decisions to make. Yeah. Um, there's going to be big change Villa whether they they go up or not in terms of the playing squad. But if they do go up, then they get to call a lot of their own shots and they get to probably keep. Jack Grealish as as well. The, the reason for the slightly different, I, I think, different mood this time around, added to the fact that perhaps the fans aren't thinking it's it, it's win or bust, is the fact that while Villa do have a lot to lose, two months ago they thought they'd already lost it. You know, they they yeah. thought that this season was already written off, and, and fans had, were coming to terms with the fact that it was going to be a fourth season in the Championship. Well, I remember we suddenly did. suddenly there is suddenly there is hope. Well, um, I remember yeah. that we did that vi- that video after um, the two 0 win for Albion at Villa Park, yeah. and we were talking about Albion having a, a, ch- a chance of, of of worrying the top two, and we were talking yeah. about Villa's season being over. Um, that was pretty much it, yeah. And you know, some some sports writers, you know, may have naively have, uh, have actually written off Villa's season in print. After that game, but you can't you know, predict. Nobody. The thing is, naming that, no names. But the but, thing is, uh, man, you can't predict a club you record can't, ten you can't game. Predict that. I mean, I did expect Villa to pick up once Grealish came back into the team. I, I didn't think they would pick up to the extent they have, and it's not just been about Grealish. It, 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 there are a lot of ingredients that were always there, and that sparked sporadically, kind of through the season, which, which have just all come together. Uh, as one really um, and um, it, they really are riding the crest of the wave at the moment but the season's over now this is the playoffs you know this is cup football everything changes you know it's you can be a very good team but you've got to deliver in the big games and they don't come any bigger than this yeah and from a Villa perspective I mean a lot of people look at the Jack Grealish's return and that game against Derby as, as it being the turning point but realistically I think for most Villa fans they look at half time in the one all draw with Stoke and you know what what changed for Villa there Matt I mean from an Albion's perspective because Albion fans might not know entirely about how Villa have just switched turned the switch well on. I think I think Stoke helped I, th- I don't think you can un- un- you know uh, d- downplay the importance of, of, of Grealish I think he has been the biggest factor mm. uh, I don't think they'd have gone on a 10 game winning run without him but at Stoke they were losing 1-0 at half time against I've got, we've got to say a very poor Stoke team it was, it was the week after the, the Albion game mm. but there was a feeling that you know Villa I don't think that they actually played that all that badly um, in the first half, but they 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 weren't great and they were losing to you know to uh, so it, Alan Hunt had gone off injured after four minutes and um, Stoke had scored while he was getting treatment on the side of the pitch and you were just thinking well you know what you know the fates have conspired against Villarreal you know it was this just isn't going to happen this season is, is a complete write off and then Dean Smith did something that he doesn't usually do which is he really got into the players at half time mm. gave them a bit of a, a rollicking um, and they came out in the second half and uh, and, and they put in a, a, you know their the best team performance um, for some time um, probably for a couple of months really and they they would have beaten Stoke and it would have not for Jack Butland and you kind of came away from the game thinking mm, you know they'd have got to win there um, you know 
mistake. They got a draw. It didn't look like it was going to be a great result at the time. I think that, you know, they were speaking to people at the club after that game, there was an acceptance, you know, a boardroom level that it just wasn't going to happen this season. Mm. But what? But then in the in the midweek, Grealish came back. He got fit, uh, or he, he was, you know, he was fit. They were ready to bring him back. And I, and I just think what started at Stoke that that second half proved that you know actually we you know we can when we get together when we play as a team. We've shown what we can do here, and then it gave them it gave them just a bit of momentum for then Grealish coming back in, and it meant that they started that derby game with a bit more confidence, a bit more belief, rather than just going cut into it coals, you know, and, and you know, it all being about Grealish turning it around, and um, you know, it's just gone on from there really, and you know, you, you, you they had four games in that fortnight period, and you know, as much as I, you know. May have written off their chances after the Albion game. I did write a piece before then that got widely panned, mm. um, you know, mainly by Wolves fans actually, uh, bizarrely, saying that Villa still had a chance, you know, if they got results right in the next fortnight, and they, they won all four games. That included um, victory over. Um, that included victory over big, big, over big Blues teams as well. Yeah, yeah, big teams. And for Albion, Matt, I mean. In contrast to Villa's season, it's been a strange season at Albion, I think. I mean, we, me and you have covered a lot of games this year. You've obviously been there game in, game out. I mean, we saw Darren Moore, you know, and, and some of the results he got. I mean, the 7-1 over QPR, there was a lot of big wins for Albion. But now the mood seems to have shifted a little bit. I mean, especially going into a playoff clash with, with a rival who's in, in, in great form. Yeah, I think um, the majority of supporters um, believe that Albion are the underdogs in this tie. Mm. And that might be strange considering they finished above Villa in the table, four points ahead of them, and have been above them for the majority of the season, um, have been in the top four for the majority of the season. They've obviously got some very good players. They've got two strikers who've scored 45 goals between them. Um, and I think there have been small signs, not massive signs, but small signs of improvement under Jimmy Shan as well. Um but I think you've got a couple of things at play here. Firstly, there is uh, the 10-game winning streak at Villa. Mm. Um, I, I, th- I just think there's, a, there's, there's an element of fear. Um, and, I, and, I, and I hope that this is not um, pervading in, into the playing staff. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I do firmly believe that Albion can beat Villa as mm. long as they believe they can. Um, but my concern is, do they really believe they can? Yeah. Um, it's funny that Dick will. I'm sure we'll come on to what Dean Smith said in his press conference yesterday about Albion being favourites. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not, and that that is that is that is the simple matter. The majority of pundits and the majority of their own fans, I believe, see them as the underdogs um, because I don't think they've been convinced by their team at times this season. I think I think they they know they've got good players. But I don't think they've always found a formula to get them into the right way. Now, Jimmy Shan has sort of improved that slightly um, by playing this 3-5-2 system, which um, a more pragmatic way of playing. It, it, at times, it's a five at the back. Yeah. Um, they shuttle the ball forward to Gerda Rodriguez a lot quicker than they used to under Darren Moore. So there's there's much less funnying about with it at the back. Um, that you know you get it up to your danger men quickly, and you 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 allow them to do some damage. And you know, I do think that that Albion have a chance in these two games, particularly if they are resolute at the back, defend properly, which they haven't always done this season, which they didn't do at Derby, mm. but they have shown at times that they can, if they defend properly, 
um, and get the ball forward quickly, they can they can hurt Villa on the counter. They can hurt Villa um, by breaking at speed. Um, but they they do have to up it because the intensity hasn't always been there, particularly in the last few few weeks. Um, you know, it did return one, under Shan for, for when he first came in, but the last few games they they haven't always convinced. Mm. Um, but for me, the concerning thing for me from an Albion's perspective is that I believe that one club is 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 on a very positive upward trend. They've got new owners. They've got a new manager who is a Villa fan. They are um, they they have been on this club record winning streak. They've got Jack Grealish, who is you know as we all know a Villa fan. They all believe. Mm. I think there is a bigger deal of apathy and uncertainty at Albion, um, and that comes from the top down, where you've got an owner who isn't even coming to these games. Now, I'm not, we're not sure whether the Villa owners are going to be at their games, mm. but it, it, it's just a, it's more of a, it's more, it's it's more of a, of a symbolic gesture of what that means. You know, this is an owner who hasn't put any money into the club since he since he took it over in in 2016. I mean, he, he did splash out 200 million at that stage, so yeah. perhaps. You know, you could understand why he hasn't, but it, I think there is uncertainty at, at that level. There's also uncertainty in the dugout where you've got a caretaker boss in charge who won't be who won't be in charge next season, regardless of what happens. Um, you know, in the playoffs, and you've got uncertainty around a lot of the playing staff as well. Who, let's be honest, you know, Matt was talking about Villa facing an upheaval, Albion facing even bigger upheaval in in the dressing room. Um, especially if they don't go up, mm. uh, you know, you could see a lot of players leaving um, because they held together their Premier League squad for this campaign. But you got you get the feeling that a lot of those players will probably go in the summer if they if they don't go up. So all of that is sort of feeding in to this feeling that Albion have got no chance, and I don't believe that's the case. I think they they do have a chance, but. They have to believe that they've got a chance, and that's where I, I'm not. I'm not convinced yet. There are absentee owners, and then there are absentee owners, and and I think while there's a chance neither Sahiris or Edens will be at the game, they have they saved Villa last summer, and you know fans are still eternally, eternally thankful that they did that. And um, yeah, I mean, look, over time. If things don't go well and they they're not at the games and there's a downturn, then of course they would come under the same scrutiny as as lie. But the fact is, things are very good at Villa at the moment, and it, that does make it like you say. It's 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 it is that symbolism of the fact that you know just how much does lie, how much I know he invested is probably the wrong word, invested in the emotional sense. You know, in terms of. You know, I agree with you. I, 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 I can't believe some of the kind of, you know, the, the extent of the negativity around around Albion. To be honest, and you know, you know, they're going to say, if if they fans are going to say if they if they if they uh, if they win this that nobody gave them a chance. Well, let's get this on record that I am giving them a chance. You know, mm. I, I do think Albion can can do this, as does Matt. But but like you say, they're going to have to, they they're going to have to play their best games of the season um, to get past Villa. And and perhaps Villa, like, likewise for, for Villa, I think, you know, I, I think Villa have every reason to be confident, um, but not overconfident, as, as Dean Smith said yesterday, uh, because you've got to be respectful of the talent that Albion do have in the team. You know, you look at Albion's eleven, and there's, there's some, some bloody good players in there, um, particularly the front two. 
So mm. I'm don't you know I know I know a lot of the kind of the pundits from outside the area are predicting a, a Villa win. I I think it's very close. I, I do, you know, think Villa on balance will edge it because they're hard to back. It's hard to back against them. Having watched them in recent weeks, but uh, you know, don't rule out extra time. But but Dean Smith coming out with that, I think. Oh, it was mind games, pure mind games. You know, it's it it's what you'd expect. But he has yeah. to say it because he doesn't want that well, he can't, com- yeah. complacency pervading. And I'm not saying there's any complacency among Villa supporters. No. It's more the well, there might be for some, but no, I would I would say the majority who have seen this season and who 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 witnessed the yeah. two nil defeat to Albion at Villa Park. There's more of a it's more of a revenge mission for for some of them. They might be confident, but I don't think there's too much complacency. But he doesn't want that creeping into his squad. No, and so no. he has to say that. He, he had to say it, and and I do, I, I I don't get a sense of of complaint. I'd be really surprised if Villa did approach it in a in a complacent way, simply because of how their season has gone and the fact that they they pulled it back from from the brink. I think there's an, you know, they they realise the the levels that they've got to play at to to get through these games, um, and you know they've, they've been well, they've been road tested, you know, really over these last two months, mm. you know, at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, the probably the one game with the ten ten match run which they didn't deserve to win, yeah, but they found a way. Rotherham, you know, down at ten men for most of the game, found a way. Um, they beat Bristol City, you know, it was a huge game. You know, they they got a draw at Leeds, which was a, a nothing, you know, a game that meant nothing to them, mm. uh, but just refused to refuse to refuse to lose. I, I I just don't, you know, I I don't think they're a team that are about to take their take their eye off the ball. But you're absolutely right. I mean, I think the one thing that both clubs and, and clubs always want to avoid these days is giving something, giving particularly in a derby as well. Given the opposition something to stick on the on the dressing room wall, so well Jimmy yeah. Shan Jimmy Shan was almost almost similar. I mean he didn't yeah. he, he didn't say Villa were favourites, but he did say oh we'll take a draw at Villa Park. Oh yeah yeah, hundred yeah, percent yeah. we'll take a draw. Yeah. And um, I think I think he's right. I mean I think if if Albion can get back to the Hawthorns with with a, with the scores level, they've got every chance. Um, particularly under Shan, who, who's won five games in a row there. Hopefully that that gives the players a bit of confidence. Yeah, that that's the kind of thing that you see. You know, and I do think if it's a draw tomorrow, then it's it's still oh, it's up in the air, still up in the air because Villa have you know, but Villa won Villa, five five of the last six away games. And but know. remember that Villa should have beaten Albion at the Hawthorns, exactly, and of course yeah, Albion yeah. beat Villa at Villa Park. So home advantage, how much does it play really in in, in games like this? Well, precisely. I, you know, there's an obvious argument. You know, Villa perhaps some of the, the better performances have been. Um, being on the road, particularly at, you know at Notts Forest, where perhaps they do have to sit back and because they are a team that can that can counter. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I I I think the um, the one the one thing that does that, that well, I do feel Villa Villa are certainly improved on, on both of the previous meetings um, with Albion, and that gives them a slight edge is is defensively. You know, they're so strong defensively now, uh, or so much stronger than they were. I mean, it was you know the the defence was a it was a shambles was, was a shambles was a shambles and that included the game at the you know the, at, at the Hawthorns, um, you know if they've got a two one lead tomorrow, or they're protecting a one goal lead on with ten minutes to go on Tuesday night, then you'd back them to see it out. They're they you know they're they're a very you know Tyrone Mings has made 
a huge difference. Um, so is Jed, Jed Steer. I mean, you know, we've kind of um, overlooked this this week, but but that was the game when he came in. You know, lover of Callanage getting that concussion. Jake Livermore. Well, Jake was Jake Livermore the man who transformed Villa's season? Well, Jake Livermore. <laughs> I mean, is, uh... Jed, Jed Steer has, has made a difference. I mean, he doesn't make he doesn't make a huge amount of saves. Doesn't have to make a huge amount of saves, but he's a very good communicator, and I think that's what the goalkeepers, Neiland and Kalnich, perhaps weren't as good, you know, at telling the defence what they wanted, and it's all part of that organisation. But going back to that that idea that Albion are underdogs, I actually think that that might play into their hands in a way, because this is a team, remember that for years and years played that card so well in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I know there's a, quite a few different players. At now, but if you look at Dawson, Higazi, Brunt, Rodriguez, you know, there are, even Gibbs to a certain extent, there are players there that are used to being that backs to the wall. Will Phillips as well, of course. We'll hit you on the counter. Um, that's our style. That's how we play. Um, so you never know. Actually, being the perceived underdogs. Um, Although me and you aren't exactly, I mean, I still think I still think they are slight underdogs. I still think that I think that could actually play into their hands because I don't think they've dealt with the expectation hmm. too well this season. Not just as a as a, as a as a as players, but as a club as a whole, and, and also perhaps arguably the fan base. I don't think they've dealt with the expectation too well. No, and and you know as much as Dean Smith and Villa have not given Jimmy Sham anything to stick on the dressing room wall, perhaps some of the the pundits' views. You know, might go on there. Yes. You know, some of the, you know, kind of the general, um, you know, the certainly the attention Villa have got. You mentioned yesterday the numbers at the press conferences. Uh, Villa's packed out like a Premier League press conference. You know, well, they, well that's that was the tumble, tumbleweed at the at, uh, at Albion's training ground. You know, and and that kind of how much attention are, you know are, are people paying? I mean, look, whatever happens here, there's a great story to be written. Either the boyhood fan leads his club to Wembley or the caretaker of the caretaker you know who nobody knows outside of the Bart- Midlands Bartley Green or, yeah. or like Bartley Green you know <laughs> achieve, you know it, 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 there's, there's, there's two great stories there to be written and one will be written well I mean that's how I put it in today's paper that you know Albin are unfancied and unfashionable but just because Jimmy Shan's story isn't a sexy one right now it could be a very special could one could be very yeah 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 definitely yeah, Definitely. and then looking at the last games, I mean, it's hard to take much from a last game of a season, but they contrasted a little bit for me because Albion went up against Derby, and Derby really did expose Albion's back line defensively in terms of using their pace. Whereas with Villa, they made a number of changes, and they still gave Norwich a game. So you you got you got the feeling that they are two clubs, and you can understand why the mood is different among the fan bases at the moment. I think uh, you can, and that was the thing for me after those two games, that's where I was worried because you had Dean Smith coming out and saying, um, we've not lost any of our, our momentum. I know this is our first defeat in a while, but we've, you know, we, we made a number of changes and we played quite well um, and Norwich are champions. You know, mm. it, it, it was almost like, you know, we, we, we gave them a good go. We've not lost momentum. Whereas Jimmy Shank came out and he said that was unacceptable after we went 3-1 down. The work rate wasn't there. Mm. I think he said, you know, he was quite scathing, but I think he, I think he was set up to get a reaction from his players. I yeah. think he, he realises that they need to up the intensity and the tempo in these next two games. They can't play the way that they have been. 
because um, they've known for, for weeks that they're going to be in the playoffs. So they have been managing themselves. Jimmy Shannon's been managing the squad. He's not been risking players. You know, the players perhaps have not been risking themselves in terms of tackles and, and, and flying to challenges. He now knows that that's all got to go out the window. Mm. They have to be... There's no excuses now of being, um, you know, under par in these next two games. So slightly concerning, I suppose, from an Albion's perspective, but the, you could look at it that, well, they've had so much time to, to gear up for these that they should be ready to fly out the blocks come, come Saturday lunchtime. Mm. That's the theory. That's it the theory. Always, I mean, uh, my concern from the Albion point of view is will they be ready for, you know, Villa Park tomorrow? Packed out, crowd, home team. We were going to go on the front foot. I think the, the, having been at home first gives Villa the opportunity to set the tone. Um, you know, and I, I, are Albion going to be, you know, going to be ready for that? Because as much as you can prepare, you know, you, it's difficult to go in cold. I mean, Villa, we talked about Villa last year. Albion remind me to some extent of Villa last season. You know, long confirmed in the in the playoffs. Almost a feeling though that it was a consolation prize. You know, why? How, how did we not get automatic promotion? That was very much the feeling around Villa. They went to Middlesbrough in the first leg and 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 won one nil, but pretty much the most comfortable one nil you're ever going to see. They did have the advantage there it being Tony Pulis, and and perhaps Pulis not. I think Pulis made a lot of mistakes in in both games. Um, against Villa last season in the playoffs and, and particularly the way Middlesbrough started that game they they handed the initiative to Villa I can't see that happening tomorrow I think I think you know Dean Smith is you know will we'll, we'll have Villa out of the blocks quickly how, how how do Albion cope with that first 30 minutes I think is going to be key but I do think that the longer the tie goes on the, the, the better Albion will become I think I can I think they will grow into it and if the, the scoreline is still close then you know, second half of the Hawthorns, then, you know, they've and, got every chance. And we've seen under Shan, particularly, actually, but all through the season, really, that Albion are slow starters. Um, they used to give goals away in the first 10 minutes from playing out from the back. They don't necessarily do that anymore, but they have had poor first halves under Shan mm. and much better second halves. Now, if you're taking these two ties as one game, you could probably see, I'm expecting Villa to come flying out the blocks tomorrow. I'm expecting. Well, they did that in the in, in the previous game as well. Um, we had to weather a bit of a storm. I think Albion will probably try and and, and defend resolutely. I would I would not be surprised to see everybody behind the ball apart from Dwight Gale for the first thirty minutes. Make sure that, that you don't. Well, make sure you don't have. Make sure you don't let what happened at Bristol City happen again, where they went three 0 down within twenty minutes. And as you say, grow into the tie. Try and. Slowly but surely, if you can stick it nil-nil or, or, or maybe keep it at level one all or one-nil or whatever, going into the sort of 60-70 minute at Villa Park, just take the sting out of the game. I think that will be crucial tomorrow. Um, and if they can if they can take it back to the Hawthorns level, yeah, I think they've got every chance. No, and I, I expect the same, but I, I, do, I, I think there's a definite danger with that, that tactic because... You know, Villa, Villa are they? They have got players who can un- unlock. Um, oh, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. completely do what Pulis did and not well, have a Pulis, not Pulis, have an Middles, attacking. Middlesbrough in March was was crazy, you know. And, but they they and, didn't uh, they didn't have an attacking. They didn't. They um, didn't have an attacking outlet as good last as year. Whereas Albion have got Gale and Rodriguez, and I think yeah. he, particularly Gale, who loves to run off the the last man. Now I'm, I'm, I know Twanzebi and Mings have been very good recently, but 
Gale is a predator and he is fan- he is quick as a flash, especially running off the last man. And when you've got someone like Brunt, who I actually think could be Albion's key key player in this in these two legs, I think if Brunt plays well, Albion play well, particularly in that central midfield, which I'm sure we're going to come on to, is probably the area which is, is of most concern to Albion. I think there is every chance that Albion could quickly turn attack it you know, turn a defensive position into yeah, an attack. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that is how they're going to have to pr- approach the, the game tomorrow. They're going to have to find a way to keep Villa honest. You, you, you can't try and... You know, I know they did it in the second half at Villa Park in February, but there was no Grealish. You know, there was, there was no... I mean, Villa, Villa, Villa weren't the, the same force as they are now. They can't pose such a little threat as they did in that second you know, half. That was that was, that was was almost yeah. Pulisesque in that second half. They can't do that again, I don't think, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, a battle of the bosses is interesting as well because you've got Sean versus Smith. Smith, of course. Sean. Or Shan. Sean. I've always pronounced it Sean. I'm not too sure why. It's Shan. Shan. Shan versus East Smith. Birmingham wise. Yeah, um, I can't help being born in Solihull, mate. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, so you've got two two coaches who vary a little bit because Smith is, of course, you know, very experienced now. Shan's kind of come into Albion and, and, and done a job. Um, the mind games have already started as well, haven't they? Yeah, they have. But do you reckon they'll play part in the games? No, I, I, me, me and Matt were discussing this earlier. I think this is all the build-up. I think they might play a part for the first five or ten minutes, but I think once the action starts, you know, it, all it takes is one goal, one chance, one big tackle, mm-hmm. and momentum can shift in favour of one or the other team. I think in many ways this is just the the, the precursor to... You know, I, th- I think all that does go out the door once, it, once, um, once the action gets going. I don't, I don't really think too. I don't really think too much has been said that will that will that will have too much of an impact on on the game. No, I, I think, I think it will. Um, I think what happens on the pitch will have an impact on the game. If if, if you get my meaning, mm. I, don't, I don't think the uh, there's not really been a war of words, but no. uh, but it, it was Both quite interesting. Very respectful of each other. Um, you know, Dean Smith was actually asked directly yesterday, "Does it give you an advantage that you know you have the experience?" And and Jimmy doesn't. And he pointed out that you know he's known you know Jimmy as a coach for a long time. You know, obviously he thinks he's a talented coach. He's got Stephen Reid and Michael Appleton there, both experienced. So you know, certainly you know he was keen to play down that angle. I do I do think mind games are are generally overrated. They they're great for newspaper copy. Um, but um, I don't. I'm always a bit sceptical as to how how much they actually play in a you know kind of team. Unless you get a an Olaf Melberg, I've never heard of them. You know, uh, at Blues. You know that goes in the dressing room. Well, unless you get anything like that, you know, I, th- I think it generally comes down to you know what the manager tells his own players, tactics, and and, and who's got the better players at the end of the day. Not quite rich Fergie Benitez levels, has he? <laughs> Not really. No. Uh, does, or does Keegan. Yeah, of course. Um, does James Shan's situation make things a bit awkward for Albion? Because as you said, it's unlikely that he'll be given the job on a permanent basis, regardless of which league they're in. Well, he won't be. I don't. He, you know, if he, if he, even if he gets them up, if he gets them up, because if you, if if you think about it, if he gets them up to the Premier League, yeah, a fantastic achievement, well done. But then you are then you are then recruiting for the Premier League, and I've got. A lot of admiration for Jimmy Shan. He has conducted himself incredibly well in the last 10 weeks and he's stepped up in a really difficult situation, particularly considering how close he was to Darren. 
But you will not attract um, the calibre of player you need to your club if the manager is Jimmy Shan. Um, I think he'll be a good manager. I think he. I think he's got every chance of. Of. of I think he should go down and take a League One or a League Two job and work his way up. I think he's got the tools to be a good manager. I've, I've, no, no. I, I've seen over the last few weeks he, he can do it, but I don't think he's, he is the man that you want uh, to lead in, the, lead in the Premier League because he just doesn't hold the gravitas. And I'm afraid, you know, someone like Chris Wilder, who's been in there and done it and worked his way up through the leagues, he's got that respect because of yeah. what he's achieved. Yeah. I'm afraid Jimmy Shan, even if he takes Alvin up through the playoffs, he's not achieved anywhere near as much as someone like that so you ha- he has to go and earn it first um, so I, d- I don't see I don't think he'll be um, given the job I agree with every word you have just said but with the added caveat that 12 months ago Darren Moore was given the job why do we do you think that the club will act differently this time around because, or, I, because specifically the owner well, that's a good point. Well, I don't, I don't think, as, as we probably all know, the decision to give Darren Moore the job rather than Dean Smith was Grouch on Lies decision. Yeah. I think he was probably seduced by those victories over uh, Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur, etc. Um, and, you know, it could come back to, to bite him in, in the most galling way possible if Dean Smith takes Villa past Alvey in the playoffs. There were people on the board who wanted to give it to Smith, but I am, as I've said before in this podcast, I am still glad that Darren got a chance because at that stage we didn't know yeah, yeah, we didn't yeah. know whether he would develop into a good manager or not. Yeah. Um, so I am still glad that the decision was made. But in my opinion, football clubs very rarely make the same mistake twice in a row. They may make a different mistake. <laughs> oh, oh, they may. Well, make... I tell you what, there's a fair amount of evidence from Villa in the last ten well, years which we can use. To, but what to I mean is, point. clubs normally appoint when they've got a, a an expansive manager. They normally appoint a pragmatic manager afterwards. When they've got a pragmatic manager who's failed, they normally appoint an expansive manager afterwards. Yeah. When they've got a hot head, they normally go for someone a bit more calm. When they've got, a, do you, they always go for the opposite of what they've had before. I don't see West Bromwich Albion appointing another caretaker manager after appointing a caretaker manager that went wrong. I think they will now go for someone super experienced. Now that might not necessarily yeah. be the right choice. No. But I don't I don't see I don't see clubs doing making those mistakes um back to back. And I, I, I and as much as I think Jimmy Shan's got got a future in the game, uh, I don't think it would be uh, managing Albion straight away after the summer. The two systems are interesting as well because you've got two contrasting styles as in You've got Dean Smith who plays 4-3-3 um, with the central midfield, which we're going to go we'll talk about. But then you've got Albion, who you were playing three at the back, five at the back, who like to use Gibbs and Holgate on the wide areas. And I thought it was quite interesting, that dynamic. I mean, how them two systems would work against each other. Well, I think Albion have gone for this 3-5-2 under Shan so that you get Gail and Rodriguez up front together. I think one of the major gripes under Darren Moore's tenure towards the end was the fact that Gail was, was out on the wing and where mm. he was kind of wasted. Um, I think that also allows you to have three in midfield I don't think Alvin have got the players to play two in midfield Um, I think that was shown against Derby when they had Harper and Johansson in there I think they got overrun I think they have to have three bodies in there particularly against the midfield as balanced and as dangerous as Villas Mm. you know you've got one of you've got Grealish who's one of you could argue one of the best players in the championship if not if not the best 
Um, at what, I don't think there's any argument. At, at I what, honestly don't think at, there's any argument. At what he does. Um, McGinn, he, you know, McGinn, he, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he, he helps him so much in that yeah, role with his, yeah. with his running. And then Com- they complement each other. They complement well. each other very well. And then, and then Whelan obviously sits at the base. I think Albin would be mad to play a two against them. So you have to play a three. And if you want to play a three in, mid- in central midfield and two up front, I think this is the only way you can do it. Mm. Um, Holgate and Gibbs on their day are both very good players as well. Um, I think it's tactically going to be very interesting. I think you're going to find Albin are going to try and shuttle the ball around the edge of the pitch. Uh, and all, and over the top of it, so bypassing the midfield. And I think Villa are going to try and control that engine room and get Grealish and McGinn on the ball as much as possible. I suppose the interesting question. What he said. Yeah, I suppose the yeah. interesting question from Villa's perspective is, you know, especially in this home leg, do they opt for Glenn Whelan or do they go with someone like Conor Hurrahan, who's probably a little bit more potent going forward and scoring goals? I think they'll go with Glenn Whelan because that's you know, the simple option is often you know. The best one, and and he has been in their best played in their best performances um, of late. I think he's in 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 really good form. I think Hurahan's going to be would be very unlucky to miss out because I think he's played very well too. But you're not going to drop either of Grealish and McGinn. One more, I think. I think Whelan, com- you know, completes that midfield three quite nicely with a you know a bit of defensive balance. And he's, he's a much better passer of the ball uh, in the attacking third than people ever given credit for mm. um, he's got very good vision and I, th- I also think Hurahan is, is a very good player to bring off the bench for the last 20 minutes because you know when, when people are getting tired you know so often you know you, you'll find the ball on the edge of the box he's got a very good shot on him as you know he can deliver the ball, ball in the box very well you know if, you, if you're, you're putting pressure on a team late on it's free kicks so you know I, I do think uh, I, I do think Whelan starts in, in Villa's um, in Villa's best team, um, I mean, I suppose the only doubt is whether you know it's two games in in four days. But then I think you still start with Whelan probably in both games, no. depending on performance tomorrow, and then bring bring Huran on with you know twenty minutes remaining, depending on on how the uh, on how the game's going. Um, you know, for me, the, the only question mark over Villa's team is is who starts. On the wing, and yeah. Albert Adoma or Andre Green, I suspect. I, I, well, I, I think it will be Adoma because um, I think he, Andre Green, for all his effort, probably just hasn't offered enough mm. uh, when starting games. He, he's done quite well when coming off the bench, um, and Adoma, you know, will track back. I mean, you know, wrote last week. You know, Jonathan Codger really couldn't have done any more uh, since coming in uh, for Tammy Abraham. But the problem with Codger is. I think Villa are a better team when Abraham plays. They've only scored a goal in each of the last three games with Codger up front. Mm. Um, and it, you can't really play Codger out on the wing because he um, he doesn't really do um, do enough in terms of tracking back. And, you know, the controversial hand of hand of Rod goal was partially his fault because he... Uh, he let his man... You know, he, he allowed his man to get to the byline. Mm. Um, was it Phillips? Uh yes, I think I can't remember. Phillips, yes, yeah. and um, obviously deliver the cross from which, you know, J Rod decided to play a bit of basketball. But um, mm. but yeah, so I mean, I, I do think it was accepted 
a while ago by Dean Smith that, that Kodji, you know, just is, is too much of a risk mm. um, on the wing. It, it, but it, also it, a player that can come off the bench and have an impact. Exactly, exactly, and has done so, you know, and, and he's, he's in his best form really for a couple of years when you factor in that last season, you know, was blighted by injuries. Uh, this season, you know, he kind of started well, but then Abraham was signed and, and you know, has done so well. So, you know, he's, he's, he's in his best form for some time. You know, look, I, I don't, I'm not sure what, it, what his future's like at Villa. I suspect he prob- will probably go in the summer. Um, come what may, I think he, he'd be quite keen on, on, on a move. Uh, but, um, but at the moment, you know, he, he, you know, he, he epitomises, as so many other players do, this kind of, you know, um, one for all, all for one spirit because, you know, Cameron at Rotherham, mm. Changed the game when Villa were, you know, you were there, yeah, um, and and um, you know it, he's put in some some very good performances. So again, you know, a player that can be can be brought off the bench. Yeah, and talking about the benches, the the battle there will be interesting as well because Albion, of course, without Hal Robson, Carnu, that that could be a factor in this game, couldn't it? I think so. I think Robson Carnu obviously caused Villa a few problems at Villa Park. I think he he gives you something. Um, that not many others do. Um, look, he's got his faults, and I think we saw saw them on at Derby, um, which was an absolutely stupid decision, a mindless decision to kick out um, in the injury time there. Um, it could cost Albion dearly because if you're say Albion are one nil up at Villa Park tomorrow, um, with twenty minutes to go or half an hour to go, and they're under the cosh. Who mm. better to bring on than Robson Carnu? Get the ball up to him. He's great at chesting the ball down and winning free kicks. Um, look, he might not be very potent in front of goal. He might miss quite a few chances. Um, but he also has the knack of, of, of stepping up in the big games as well. He, 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 tends, to, he tends to lift himself when, when it matters. Um, but they're without him now. And it leaves them with just two strikers. And those two strikers are, gonna, are obviously going to play. Um, what if one of them gets injured or you know, something happens to them? Or Albion need to rejig their shape. Jimmy Shan said he's, 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 they've, they've got contingency plans for that. Mm. I fully expect Matt Phillips to be the contingency plan. He's played up front before. Yeah, you know, he, Rakeem Harper's another man who, who could play up front, but I think Phillips would probably be um, the ideal um, solution for that. Um, it'd be interesting to see where the Phillips starts. I think, I think Phillips will probably be on the bench, particularly in this first leg. I don't think... Um, Jimmy Shan necessarily trusts him in central midfield I think he prefers Johansson and Harper who he's played there recently um, and I think he, he'll look to bring Phillips off after 60 minutes to make an impact mm. um, because what a, what, what a player to have on the counter and, and to run at tied legs um, so that doesn't mean I don't think he'll start at the second leg I think depending on how the tie is he could very well start the second leg Um and you know, depending on how the tie goes, there could be a complete change in formation there. We don't know, so that's up in the air. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Phillips on the bench, and I think he he will be the the difference maker that 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 Jimmy Shan hope thinks he's got on the bench um, because obviously Robson Carnu is the other one that can come off, and and, and he's not available. Mm. Jacob Murphy is the other person that will probably come off the bench. Um, but you know, I've not been overly impressed with him since. Going hot and cold, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he he, he is capable of producing a, a moment. Um, it's particularly off the bench, I think, with his pace. But I just think when he when he's been when he started games for Albion, he 
he hasn't convinced. He's looked too lightweight to me. Mm. Um, so I, I think he'll be on the bench. But, you know, if he goes and scores the winner at Villa Park or, or, or the match, you know, the, the deciding goal at the Hawthorns off the bench, he'll it, it, be remembered for a long time. So yeah. uh, there's, a chance for, there's a chance for everyone to make a hero of themselves, isn't there, over the next couple of days? Certainly is. And what about someone like Sam Field, Matt? You reckon he could come in and have an impact? I know he hasn't played a lot this season, but... I think Sam Field could have an impact. I think Sam Field could could be the man to do a job on, on Jack Grealish. But I don't think he'll start. And the reasons are that he hasn't played. He, you know, he played against against Reading. Mm. I think if he was going to start these games, he would have then kept his place in the team. I think what we've seen in the last few weeks is Jimmy Shan trying to get trying to get his starting eleven playing together as, as regularly as possible. And I, and I believe that's, that midfield three will be Brunt, Johansson and Harper. I, th- I don't think, I can't see him changing it too much now, purely because Samfield hasn't played. You know, obviously Jake Livermore and Gareth Barry are out with injury, so that limits the options in midfield. So mm. if something does happen to Brunt, Johansson or Harper, Field will probably be the next the next person to come on. Jimmy, Jimmy Morrison's back available as well, um, so he's another option. But I think Field gives you um, the ability to mop up danger. Um He's one that if Albin have a lead at, the, at Villa Park with 20 minutes to go and they're under the cosh, like Robson Carno, I would concede Field coming on just to help see the game out. I mean, he, he helped see the game out against Villa in March. Yeah. Played very well in that second half when he was required. Um, and, you know, I think I, I've always been impressed with him whenever I've seen him. He doesn't look forward with the ball as much as Chris Brunt, perhaps. He's probably perhaps not as... Um, creative in that sense mm-hmm. but what he does do really well is is mop up danger and he's one of the best tacklers in midfield that Albin have got he could play a part but I don't think he'll start yeah and let's talk about team news for those who haven't who haven't been keeping an eye out um, for Albion I suppose the big doubt is Jake Livermore isn't it yeah Jake Livermore's got this, this bruised foot which has kept him out for the last four games I would be surprised if he played in either of these two games to be honest mm-hmm. um, do you see him in the final if they were to get there Potentially, I mean that's that's quite a way away, isn't it? That's the yeah. end of the month, so you, I can't predict. You know, I don't. you're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, and I haven't seen the foot. But <laughs> I would be surprised if it, I would be surprised if it, if he if he made these two games. Um, but Jimmy Shan said, you know, it, it's a day by day thing. Um, you know, we're not ruling him out. He hasn't been ruled out by any stretch, but. I'd, I'd be very surprised if he played. Yeah, and elsewhere, it's just really you, Gareth Barry, who's already ruled out for the entirety of the season. Otherwise, I mean, Albion, you know, barring Robson Carnu, of course, you know, free to choose from players, aren't they? Yeah, they've got a clean bill of health, but apart from the three that we've mentioned, Robson Carnu was obviously suspended, Gareth Barry and, and Jake Livermore. Um, I think Barry is a miss. You know, he, he he has played well this season and he played very well at Villa Park as well. Um, but Brunt has been has stepped into that role under Shannon and he's been a very important player. Um, so a lot will be resting on his shoulders. Um, and, you know, we spoke to him earlier this week and he gave a very a very nice interview actually about, you know, he's, he's been promoted four t- um, three times already. He's searching for his fourth promotion. The first one that he ever got was at Sheffield Wednesday and that came via the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So he knows what it feels like. Um, and I think, you know, Brunt has been much maligned towards the start of the season because I think it took him a while to get up to the pace of the championship and, 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 and you know, the, the relentless slog of Saturday, Tuesday. But he's been much better under Shan than he was under Moore during those, during those, uh, those early days. So um, I think he's got a big role to play. And, and actually, I think if he plays well, 
I haven't got a chance, but um, he's going to need help from the two lads around him, Harper and Johansson. You know, on their day, they they are very dynamic and very good players, mm. but they have been hit and miss, and and I think they need to have big games. Um, you know, particularly against that midfield, Jack Villa, which does just look stronger on paper. Um, as as we said before, um, I think Albion's strengths lie up front. Yeah, I suppose the issue with with Villa's midfield as well is the Grealish factor because. I mean, when Grealish was playing against Albion, they were 2-1 up. Obviously, they, they conceded late uh, without Grealish on the pitch. And then without Grealish, you know, Albion got the better of Villa quite comfortably. So it's, it's one of them where he, he'll probably look at the game and say, well, you know what, I mean, me personally, you know, I've not had too much trouble against Albion. So He's a man that makes Villa tick. There's no, there's no getting around it. You know, you just look at the way the form has changed since, um, since he's returned. Mm. He, he, he is the... Um, he is the piece of the puzzle that, that, that makes everybody else in that team play better. I asked Jimmy Shan this week whether he had any special treatment in line for, for Grealish. And look, oh, I'm sure he was not going to give away his plans, but he said, no, look, we're not. We're not we're, Jack's a, a, a good player, fantastic player, but we're wary of, of all of Villa's threats. You know, if you, if you double up on him and you leave yourself exposed elsewhere, you know, they've got Adoma, Abraham... Al Ghazi, of course, who played so well at the Hawthorns. Yeah. Um, McGinn as well, chipping in with goals. It's You've got to be careful of going too far that way. But Albion do have to stop Grealish. And, and, and I suppose the way to do it is to um, share the fouls around. Yeah. Um, and not, not let him get into a rhythm. It's, think, norm, it's normally a man-marking job that does does the best well, work, I think. Yeah, I mean, Calvin Phillips did it for Leeds, didn't he, quite well a few a uh, few weeks ago. But I, I think against Fulham in, in the playoff final last year, I think Fulham shared the fouls around, um, from what I can remember. Um, and they still got they still got a doy sent off. And they still got someone sent off, yeah. So, you know, he, he is capable at time, He is capable on this day, Grealish, of, of, of tearing you apart. But um, I've got some canny operators in there. You know, the likes of Brunt and uh, you would hope Bartley, Dawson and Igazi. They should be they should be clever enough to uh to marshal him. Hopefully that's the case. Um and we'll see we'll see we'll see how they deal with it. But um Jimmy Shannon's was certainly giving nothing away in his in his in his pretty much press conference. Anyway. Certainly, certainly not. Um so I'm assuming he would be your biggest worry. Who would who do you see as being the hero from an Albion perspective if they are to win this this time? I think um, the one that could grab the headlines would be would be Gale. You know, mm. of course, Albion beat Villa without Gale. People, are, you know, you, you remember that um, everyone says, "Oh, Villa didn't have Grealish that day." Well, Albion didn't have Gale that day. Yeah, he is the superstar, I suppose, in this team if there is one. Um, just so relentless, so predatory in front of goal. And I know Mings and, and, and Twanzebi have been very good. But I think Gale is is proven at this level and capable of scoring two goals out of nowhere, and that could be crucial. So um, I can see him having a massive impact um, now that he's playing through the middle, and you know he's, he's he's the reigning Championship Player of the Month. He's coming to form at the perfect time, hasn't he? He has. He's and he is a he is an infectious character as well, and he and you know a, a consummate professional. I think he'll be he'll be aching to win this one. Um, I think at the back they they're going to need Hagazi to have a strong game, and hopefully Dawson and Bartley can improve on on, on some a poor performance against Derby. Bartley's been better in recent weeks. Um, Dawson's had a mixed season. Um, time for him to step up. Um, 
and prove, I suppose, those three players need to prove that they are they are capable of defending. Um, if Agazi has a good game, then that Albion Albion have got a chance. Um, I think that spine, Hagazi, Brunt, and Gale. If those three play well, mm. then you, you win with a shout. But um, they need um, they need to be on song. I think um, in terms of in terms of uh, Villa, I think Mings is going to be massive for them. Um, particularly dealing with the likes of Gael and Rodriguez. I think, um, obviously, there's, there's going to be a lot of focus on Grealish, but I think Abraham as well, you know, he's the lone striker. Yeah. And they'll be looking to him to finish off those moves that Grealish starts. And he missed quite a few chances against Derby in, in both legs, uh, both previous games, sorry. Mm. Um, you know, I know he's got 25 goals this season, but as Matt Mayer will tell you, he could have had 35. He's had that many chances. Uh, I, you know, he's... he's he is a good player. Don't get me wrong. You're not. You don't score 25 goals without being a good player. Yeah. But um, he needs to take the chances that fall to him. So I suppose it's, it, it, it comes down to the spine of the team, doesn't it? If it, it's Higazi against Abraham, Brunt against Grealish, and and, and uh, Gale against Mings, that's that's the way I see it. Um, obviously, there are important battles all over the pitch. Yeah. But those are the main ones. And you've got some subplot all over the place, as we said. I mean, Sam Johnson, as you said, playing for Villa last season, made it to the playoff final, now playing with Albion. Um, you know, elsewhere you've got Dean Smith, of course, the Dean Smith factor, Neil Cutler, all sorts of things. I mean, Johnson in goal, if he has a if he has a good game, and when he has a good game, he's he's very, very good, you can see Villa struggling to get by him. Johnson's a good shot stopper. Um, I think he's proven that this season. I think he's made the most saves out of any keeper in the champ in the championship this season, which just goes to show how. <laughs> it doesn't say a lot about the defense. Poor the defense has been at times. Um, on his day, he, he's he's brilliant. Um, he's he's improved under Gary Walsh. I think. Um, I think he's 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 come and claiming crosses a bit better now. I think. He's dealing with long shots a bit better because at the start of the season he, he seemed to let a lot of long shots go in. He seemed to let a lot of crosses you know, that should have been cl- really been claimed by him. He didn't seem to have too much confidence. Now whether that was down to the the, the relationship with his defenders or not, we don't know. Um, but I think since Gary Walsh has come from Villa actually to to Albion, I think he's improved. And I think if he's on it, um, he's capable of, of, of pulling off some reflex saves that, that could keep Albion in it so um, yeah he, he's another one in that spine that, uh, that could be crucial yeah certainly and uh, you know we've had some questions come in which we're going to get into now um, one comes from C Hawthorns uh, are Albion likely to be sold to a new bar if promotion isn't achieved this season through the upcoming playoffs um, it's impossible to predict because you know little is known of, of the owner and also because as I've as I've said before, the uncertainty surrounding his surrounding his ownership is 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 there for all to see. Um, but I would be surprised if it came this summer, mm. because Albion's parachute payments dwindle by eleven million in the summer. They can make that up quite easily with player sales. Uh, you know, if they sell Rondon for his sixteen and a half million pound release clause alone, they will make that up and some. So um, I don't see it getting to that stage this year, but. I wouldn't be surprised if we if it was a year after or two years after. Um, I still think Albion have got a good chance next season, provided they get the managerial appointment right, provided that they get their recruitment right. Um, they, they'll still have a a very healthy and strong budget for this for this division. So I don't see Lyre selling in the summer. Look, he may do if someone comes in with an offer. He may do. Yeah. Um, but I think we, we we might get into the realms in in two or three years time. 
you know, and you look at some of the clubs coming down from the Premier League, and I know we're looking very far ahead, regardless of which one of these sides is in the Championship, you'd look at them clubs and you say, Huddersfield have struggled very much so in the Premier League. Fulham, I mean, they were all over the place before Scott Parker came in. And then you've got Cardiff as well. None of those really inspire too much fear, I think, for the big clubs like Albion and Villa. Because you've, you've got a great chance of you know, bouncing back and going again. Although for Villa it will be on the third attempt, it will be on the fourth attempt now, but the third time they'll really make a push for the playoffs if they do. And for Albion, you know, you look at it, and if you say, well, if we can keep a course, you know, set of players, and you know, maybe maybe do some business in the window, which could um, help build the squad, then you, you can have another run in it. You can, but I'd, the Championship is a relentless league, and I think if you look at the two teams that went up this season, Norwich finished fourteenth last season, and Sheffield United obviously were promoted. You know, that was their first season in the Championship last season. So it's not necessarily about financial weight and it's not necessarily about financial might. I mean, look at Middlesbrough, look at Nottingham Forest. These are clubs that have thrown a lot of money at this problem and it's and they haven't been successful. You um, you have to be shrewd rather than just rich. So yeah. <laughs> I think I, I you know I don't I don't see that being having a healthy budget as any guarantee of success. Mm. You know, you, it, it is a very, very tricky division, and um, I think there are other teams that are slowly but surely building something. Um, Brentford, I think, will be strong next season. Swansea will be strong next season. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see those that miss. I mean, imagine you know if Leeds miss out and they keep Bielsa. You know, it, there's there are Derby if they don't go up. You know, there there are teams that. Um, Will you know it's not going to be easy by any stretch, even if even if Huddersfield, Fulham, and Cardiff all finished 14th, mm. you know, well, they can't all finish, but you know what I mean. If they all finished around that area, that, that doesn't mean that Albion will be favourites. I, you know, it's not all about it's not about the money you have, it's about how you spend it, yeah, exactly. I mean, you suppose you can look at Villa in that circumstance and say their best player this season, I mean, one player's player and sports player, John McGinn, cost less than three million quid. Exactly. I mean, yeah. says a well, lot. Well, look at it? look at look at Norwich. Look at Timu Puki. He was on the free and he scored nearly thirty goals. Mm. Uh, Leo Watkins. Uh, how are we going to celebrate, Matt? Um, how am I going to celebrate? Well, if they, I'll be celebrating by doing you know loads of work. <laughs> That's how I'll celebrate. Um, you know, if if it, it's difficult to to call, isn't it? I'd. I, I think I would make Villa slight favourites, as we've already discussed about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Albion were to do it, that's only half the job, isn't it? I suppose you've still got the final at Wembley, so it's a tough one to celebrate because although you are beating a, you know a local rival over two legs, you, the real job hasn't been done yet, has it? Exactly. I mean, I was I was looking back in the archives at what um, Tony Mowbray said when they beat Wolves over the, the two legs, and he essentially said, "Look, we're not celebrating because." Half the job's done, and of course they went on to lose to Derby that year. So, yeah, you know it's um, it it would it would be I think it would be a massive relief, and 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 obviously a cause for celebration among Albion fans if if they did beat Villa. Um, I don't think many are expecting it, so then they might have more belief going into the final. But as I said, it was only be half the job. Yeah, and of course you know if a goal goes in, I'm sure Matt Wilson will give a slight fist bump, but remain completely professional, won't you? I will be remaining completely professional over the course of these two legs. You know, as I've said many times before, I want all of our teams on this patch to do as well as possible. And if that means Villa go up, that means Villa go up. Um, 
obviously I'd rather Albion did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was having an interesting conversation off air um, earlier, saying if you could bring a former player in over this playoff time, who would you take and why? Well, anybody. Any former Albion player? Um, John Weil, you know. One that you've, one that you've seen. Jonas Olsen, Gareth McCauley, someone, you know, in their peak. A defender with leadership qualities, I think, would be, would be big. You know, Prime Olsen would do a lot for this team. Oh, I, I think that, that, is, that is one of the areas where Albion have a deficiency. Um, when the going gets tough, they have wilted under the pressure at times this season. You mm. Think about the, the game against Sheffield United at home, the game against Leeds United away. Are they going to have to deal with that pressure at Villa Park? Are they going to have to deal with that pressure at the Hawthorns on Tuesday? I think somebody with um, with leadership qualities would, would would be most welcome. Yeah, and you know, I was I was discussing this from a Villa perspective, and I was I was if in an iron, but then I thought for someone like a, a John Carew or maybe a, a prime Gabby Agbonlo or someone who could out offer another attacking aspect to maybe stretch Albion, and you know, especially with Gabby's pace back in the day, I think it would cause few problems against this Albion side and the one thing I would say about Albion is going into this game Villa don't quite have the pace I think up front that Derby do so you're less likely to be exploited by that in this situation although I think Shan, Shan would, would guard against it regardless Albion are very vulnerable to pace I think um, especially from midfield and from attack now Adoma's got pace uh, you know Ish, ish. <laughs> got you know, but I know what you mean. There's no, there's nobody electric. It's flat there? out pace. I don't think there's nobody really have some. There's nobody electric. Is Abraham fast? He's not that fast. Is Algarzi fast? He's not. He's more tricky, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kodja comes in. He does offer a spark, but again, not. Kodja's a bit speed. spark. Yeah, I mean that. That's where I think Albion's vulnerabilities lie at flat out speed, and um, I think that's where Dar. That's I think that's why Derby and had such joy against them. Mm-hmm. Now. Don't get me wrong, Villa could probably still pass through them if if, if they try. But um, I think if if I think getting in behind Albion will, will be prove lucrative to Villa if they can do that. I think mm. Albion will be more than happy if 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 they keep Villa in front of them. The 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 X factor, of course, is Jack Grealish, who is capable of picking the right pass at the right moment. Mm. But um, you know, I know I know what you mean about. I've thought about that this week as well about. There's is there is there someone with pace to burn in, in Villa's team that can really cause that back three problems? No, I would have said earlier this season Yannick Balassi was probably the player you'd think can offer that pace, even though he's came came off an injury, of course, but he's not there anymore. So you don't have to worry about that. Um talking about Grealish, uh, Spencer George asked an interesting question. Jack Grealish or Harvey Barnes? Well Harvey Barnes was special start this season. Yeah, I mean it's very difficult because they're, 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 they're different players, I think. Um, in terms of... I mean, having watched, having watched Barnes for the first half of the season, you, you know, there was... I, I will probably err towards him just because I saw more of him and I saw mm. what he was capable of and I saw him score fantastic goal after fantastic goal. Um, in, a, in a strange way, I actually think Grealish is a slightly mat- more mature player now than... Than Barnes mainly because he's played far more football, mm. um, and you know the way that he deals—I mean, the way that he dealt with that that Birmingham City fans clunking around the head. Yeah, but in you know, I, I'm going to have to go with Barnes just because, I, I, having watched him um, and enjoyed him so much in the first half of the season. 
Mr. Man. Good luck editing this. <laughs> we've managed to cover we've managed to cover your absence well Mr Mayor um, Jack, did you even bring it up we didn't, no, you, didn't. You, you, okay. you were the first man to do sorry, it sorry it was a very important phone call. it was a, somebody who tried to ring me three times already today oh who, you know, was it uh, I can't reveal who it was can't reveal it <laughs> can't, can't reveal his sources no. of course he's a good journalist uh, Spencer George was just asking Jack Grealish or Harvey Barnes no well Harvey Barnes isn't playing tomorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a, this was a question about who would you rather have in your side. I would. Uh... Oh, interesting one. Well, they don't exactly play the same position. Do they? can I have both? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> you, can, you can't. You can't uh, sit on the fence and. Uh, both, I think they'd be. I think they'd be. Yeah, they um, are different players, aren't they? They are different players. I, I, you know, I, I think I'd have to go with. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. It's difficult. I, I think I think Grealish is 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 a better player. If I'm being, I, I think has potential to go further. Mm. And I'm not saying Harvey Barnes isn't a fine player with a, you know a great career ahead of him. But I do you know I think Grealish is is kind of a player who, and let's face it, he's got to prove himself week in week out in the Premier League. But he can. Um, you know, he, he he is the kind of player that can you know can can turn a game on his own and, and do things that the other players can't. I mean, his goal at Rotherham last month for me uh, was was the perfect example of that. I don't think you get many players who in you know in the country um, who can who would score goals like that. Mm. So for me, it's Grealish. Uh, GSWBA says, "What are both of your takes on the low fan allocations?" away for both clubs inevitable I think um, I, I don't see why Villa would have ever given Albion more than they had to um, and I don't see why Albion were ever going to give Villa any you know any more than what they were given in return I mean it does mean that there's going to be a few empty seats in the in the in the Smedic end uh, mm-hmm. in, at the Hawthorns um, because both clubs have only given each other two thousand fans, but when it get, you know when it gets to this, when it's such an important game, I just I'm not surprised either way to be honest. No, I'm not surprised either. You know, I think um, look, it's not great from the um, you know the point of view that there will be empty seats in the uh, in the second leg, though. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, uh, it's not sold out yet, um, <laughs> so um, in the home end either, but. Um, We'll move on, uh, but but uh, as Matt said, you know, you, you want to maximise the advantage. But Villa, Villa Park is, um, you know, as, as we saw last year in Middlesbrough's second leg, uh, and as we've seen during this recent run, it can be a daunting place for, you know, for, for opposing teams to come, uh, and you know there aren't many stadiums in the division like it. Um, you know, look, I'm not saying the atmosphere is always, you know, right up there, but it, for the big games, uh, it often is, particularly when it's packed out. And um, yeah, Villa were always going to try and get as many uh, home fans in as they as they possibly could. Mm, uh, and an interesting last question from Andy Carter: If it comes down to penalties, who wins? That would be grim. That would grim. I would hate it to go to a penalty shootout. I imagine. If it came down to penalties, who wins? I don't know. You've got the bonus of it being I have to say, it would, it would be grim because we're talking from, you know, like, 
you know, I'm sure that Matt would agree that the ideal scenario for both of us um, is, is for the tie to be effectively decided with half an hour of play at the Hawthorne so we can craft something nice for, you know, the next day. you don't want to be, you know, the game going on until quarter to 11. Uh, no, not when uh, the deadline's uh, half ten. I mean, <laughs> well, I believe they are pushing. You know, I believe there is going to be some leeway next week. Well, it's there, uh, there, there has to be. Doesn't well, it? they'll get it when it when it comes. Well. <laughs> 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 you can edit that bit out, can't you? I oh, think we'll leave that. In. Yeah, well, I think um, um, in terms of the penalties, I mean that comes largely down to bottle, and I suppose you could argue that having the home advantage might play into Albion's hands. Sam Johnson has also got a very good record against penalties. This season, I think he's only let one out of six in. Mm. Um, so maybe you would err towards Albion, um, but it is a lottery, isn't it? A shootout. So, who would you have taken them for each side? Give me your five penalty takers. <laughs> five penalty takers. Yeah. For uh, it depends on the pitch, doesn't it? I mean, um, for Villa, you'd go with Abraham, uh, Grealish, McGinn, Hurahan. And is Codger on by that point? Yeah, if Codger's on the pitch, you know, or, or get El Ghazi. Adoma, Adoma's taken penalties. I mean, he missed one at Purton this season. Um, but Adoma's taken penalties in the past. If he's on the pitch, um, yeah, it, it depends who's on. Um, you know, but, you know, I, I did joke a couple of weeks ago that this, this tie is destined to come down to penalties and it'll be either Jack Grealish scoring the winning penalty to... Um, send Villa through or sky skying the the penalty to you know would effectively end his uh, most likely would would likely end his Villa career. Um, In terms of so. Albion, I think it would be Rodriguez, obviously. Yeah. Gale, Dawson would probably take one because he's taken them before for uh, England under twenty ones. He's got a, quite a good record. Um, Brunt, he's taken plenty of penalties before for Albion as well. Um, and one other, I suppose you would look then look to um, maybe Steph Johansson if he was still on the pitch. Mm. If not, perhaps uh, perhaps Matty Phillips. Um, I don't know. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? All right, let's get let's get a score prediction off you both guys before we wrap up. <laughs> score prediction from the first leg, and then you can't remember first leg and second leg because the, you know the the second leg score. He's going to be determined on, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the first leg. Just do a prediction. Just do a prediction just, for the, we do a prediction for the first leg, can't we? And then, and then if that, if, a, and then if that comes in, then a prediction. You can't, you can't do a second leg. Yeah, you can't do a second leg prediction before I'm, the first leg prediction. But I'm going to ask you politely to do so. Uh, well, I was going to refuse. <laughs> I'll do one. This, this is one. All right. Well, this, this is why I've been on these podcasts for two years. Sorry. The first leg, <laughs> the first leg, I'm going to go for... In, more in hope than expectation. A one-all draw. One-all. I think Villa will win the first leg 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. And second leg, Matt Wilson? I think the second leg... Mm, I think the second leg will be 2-1 to Albion. So I'm putting them through. <laughs> Matt Mayer, are you refusing is that a after, second? <laughs> is that after extra time? Uh, are you refusing a second leg prediction? I think by the end of the second leg... We'll know who's going through. <laughs> well, wait, so if you're going to put me on the spot, then I suspect the Villa will get a draw at the Hawthorns. Ah, there we go. Quite an intense one. Um, so Villa through. Villa through for Matt Mayer. 
Well, oh, what Alvin. a shock! You, you know, Alvin yeah, for pick, you know the uh, who knew both both club reporters would pick in favour. Well, you know, it's, uh, it just kind of makes sense for us to do that. You know, to keep the keep the reading masses happy. Exactly. You know, bearing bearing you know bearing in mind the fans we generally interact with, but um, but as I said all the way through, I think it'll be you know close. It's been described to me this week as a toss of a coin, and you know you could you could see it going either way. Certainly could. Gents, it's been a pleasure to have you both on. I appreciate you taking the time and what must be a very hectic week for you both. No worries. Thanks. Thank you very much. Did you enjoy your your return to the podcast? Yeah, see you another couple of years, probably. (laughs) Maybe next week. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, We could do one one before the second leg. We could try and squeeze one. Well, actually, yeah. That's if you two guys have time. I doubt we will. There we go. No, thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, fingers crossed, it's going to be quite an intense tie. We'll speak to you all afterwards. Bye.